Moving to this story now, a group of South Africans who've been left stranded in Morocco following the global outbreak of COVID-19 and the subsequent banning of all international flights to and from Morocco last week are appealing for assistance from the South African government. Now, unlike other countries who gave tourists more time to try and make alternative arrangements, the complete airspace closure in Morocco was immediate. So for more on the situation there, we speak now to a spokesperson for the group stranded in Morocco, James Devet. James, good afternoon. Thanks for speaking to us. Hi, good afternoon to you and your listeners. First off, James, uh, please tell us about the group. How big is the group and how are you all holding up? Well, the the group is actually growing all the time because as people hear about us, they're joining our WhatsApp group and we're registering them with Durko. Um, But there's probably around 18, 19 of us at the moment scattered around around Morocco, some in Marrakesh. I'm situated in Casablanca with another group of six people in a hotel. Um, I, I think, if I may, you know, there's a few there's a few points that we would like to make as a group, so so we're understood. And then, in, any questions after that, if I may? Yes, you okay? may. Please, please go ahead. Yeah. All right. So, so I think as a group, we just want to you know update our situation as of today, Monday. We understand the severity of the situation. I think we also applaud the Moroccan government for their early, decisive, and bold steps. Um, in implementing a state of emergency. Uh, we appreciate the efforts of everybody so far that's involved in this unprecedented situation. We also understand that there's thousands of South African citizens that are stranded across the world. We understand that our government is currently dealing with this, and we really do hope that um, it's finalized soon. Our plea personally is from a humanitarian point of view. We really do all want to get home to our families, and we'd really prefer to deal with this global crisis with our families in our own country. I mean, the conditions here are are difficult. You know, we have some elderly people um, who are obviously in the high-risk categories. Um, They have health conditions. We have chronic medication that's running out. We also have accommodation challenges. There are some people that are fortunate, you know, to have permanent guaranteed uh, accommodation with food and everything provided. However, there are others that that you don't know in three days' time where they're going to be staying. A group of six have been told by their hotel in Morocco that within two or three days it will be closing and they do need to make alternative arrangements. Obviously, from a financial perspective, nobody's prepared for this. So, you know, there's major financial losses as well. Um, Yeah, so I think that that's our appeal. We understand, you know, what's happening around the globe. We're just asking, please, if our government could you know, speed up whatever repatriation uh, efforts are being put in place because we really do want to get home. James, I would imagine you have been in touch with government, be it through the embassy or through uh, Durko here at yeah. home. And then what has the yes. communication been between yourselves and them? I mean, we have been wildly trying to communicate with everybody, obviously, when this first started. I mean, everybody was just using every single social media platform that we could. We wanted to get some attention, and we have now. And I think that Durka, I saw a statement being made that they are aware of us. Um, you know, we're updating them with, with, with our um, contact details and all the people that are here on an ongoing basis. So they are working on it. I know there's big government um, meetings yesterday and today, and those continue. Hopefully we're going to hear something from our president uh, this evening. Um, but they are working on it. They do know about us, and we just wait for, for positive updates, you know, over the next hours and few days. And I think the sooner the better, yeah. 
Uh, indeed, and with regard to your families uh, back home, I would imagine they would be somewhat anxious as well uh, regarding your condition, especially as you indicated that some hotels have yeah. indicated that you need to be out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that obviously communication is still freely available. I mean, Moroccan government has actually made Wi-Fi free for everybody and it's continuous. So, so you know, I think from a communication point of view, everybody is talking with their families back home um, and updating them of the situation. But I think, you know, bottom line is that everybody wants to get home. Um, you know, uh, at a time like this, you want to be with your family dealing with these issues. And then obviously every single protocol that, that needs to be followed, you know, we're quite obviously comfortable with that. We're directed by, you know, whatever is yeah, in place at the time, quarantine, self-isolation or whatever. We, we understand the severity of the situation and, uh, you know, um, we need to deal with it accordingly. So... We know about the airspace closure that was immediate, which kind of forced the situation upon you. Uh, You just spoke about the free Wi-Fi that the Moroccan uh, government has made available. What are some of the other measures that they have put in place to deal with COVID-19? Right, well, I think, first of all, the state of emergency started on the 20th of March and has now been announced that it will continue until the 20th of April. So all, all airspace is shut down. Um, you know, there's no travel between cities. Uh, if you do go out, you need a, a movement permit, uh, which has to be authorized by somebody. Um, you know, so if you are seen on the street, you can go out and get uh, basic essentials. You can get food. You can get uh, medicines. Um, and that's pretty much it. Only The only businesses that are staying open at the moment are um, essential businesses, uh, banks, uh, pharmacies, and, and such like. Um, other than that, if, you, if it isn't an essential business, they're all closed. All restaurants are closed. Um, the streets are deserted. So my final question to you before we speak to Durko, James, is this concern about uh, some of the people in the group who now have to uh, find alternative accommodation who will be kicked out. I mean, it will only be a matter of time, as it sounds from what you're telling us with the state of emergency, that everybody's going to need a place to stay. So how urgently do you need the South African government to act? You know, to be honest, I I think that the majority of us have accommodation. I mean, we've got the six in Casablanca that really need urgent, urgent assistance. You know, we're looking for them. We've discussed the financial implications, and you know, at this point in time, they understand that they have to, you know, pay pay you know a few thousand dollars to get to get accommodation. Obviously, we don't know how for how long it's going to be because, you know, hopefully it's not too long, but it could be for as long as a month. So. You know, we're trying to deal with that. To say that we're actually needing financial assistance isn't actually the crux of the matter. The crux is we, we want to come home, and I, and I think that's our focus. Everybody understands that there could be some financial uh, challenges for them. We accept that. It's just we, we want to know that we're coming home. I think that for us is the most critical and, and crucial part of this whole process. So just what does that mean to bottom, um, you know, bottom line what you're saying? Does it mean that if the government says to you that you have to pay for your own flights home, are you willing to do this provided they come and get you? Yeah, obviously within reason. I mean, you know, there are some people that have said that, you know, they'd rather just wait it out and, and see how things go. But obviously everybody has to consider that, you know, their financial implications. Uh, some people will be in a, in a position to probably pay and accept more, you know, uh, pay more for, for, for getting out of here. So, 
you know, it's difficult. We don't, we don't know. I know there's some people that are prepared to pay, you know, up to $10,000 to, to get out because obviously all these private charters are all uh, priced in, in dollars. And we have had some quotes, obviously, in the last uh, week or so. We've been looking at every single possible avenue. Um, you know, we've had quotes of up to, for 14 people, $227,000, which I think in this current in the current conversion, which is changing daily, is probably somewhere close to four million rand. So, you know, we don't have, we don't have the financial resources for that, but but it will be dependent on on the individuals. Obviously, first prize is to is to have not, not have to pay for repatriation, but but if it has to be, then each individual would probably have to have to make you know their own choice. Well, thanks so much for updating us and good luck over there. James DeVette, spokesperson of the group of South Africans stranded in Morocco after that country banned all international flights to and from Morocco amid the global outbreak of COVID-19. So for more on this, uh, we speak now to spokesperson uh, of the Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, uh, Lunga Ngelele. Lunga, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Lunga, I would imagine uh, the minister and uh, at the ministry at large is aware of the plight of this group of South Africans stranded in Morocco. Uh, definitely, uh, Sakina, and uh, I think, uh, as James said, uh, it's not just them, but a number of uh, people across the globe that are stuck. And as the department, we are really, uh, through our mission, trying hard to um, uh, speak to the authorities in the countries uh, that uh, our South African um, uh, citizens are stuck in uh, so that we can be able to come with a solution. So before we speak about other South Africans elsewhere, with regard to this group that's stuck in Morocco, what is the ministry's response to their plea? Look, we, we have listened, and um, in fact, we have a group of people who are in Morocco in our mission who are working specifically to try to uh, provide consular services to the group, including helping them to uh, find uh, spaces in the uh, flights that are still flying uh, either via through uh, other parts of the world. So as we are uh, getting the uh, those uh, since uh, we will be uh, able to communicate uh, with the uh, group and uh, be able to uh, take those who are specifically uh, maybe starting with those that are really in a bad situation at the moment so that we can get them home. But the intention is to really uh, work with the authorities in Morocco and make sure that uh, we provide the consular services and we are able to get them uh, back home. So as both you and James point out, there are obviously other South Africans stranded in other countries across the world. Um, How many of those are your department aware of, as in the number of countries where South South Africans are looking to come home? Uh, look, we, we have people uh, from uh, in Angola, we have people in uh, Vietnam, we have people in, in Germany. And uh, the thing we are doing as the department is to still appeal to South Africans uh, to register with our um, uh, missions uh, so that we are able to provide the information. Uh, and the numbers change as as. as as at, on daily basis, uh, as people are, uh, are talking to our colleagues and we are able to provide that information. So it's difficult to give you the exact number. As, as I'm saying, some people are able uh, to get on flights that are still able to fly back to South Africa and uh, others they may uh, come on the list and, and so on. So we don't have the specific number because it changes. So what is the ministry's position at this point with regard to uh, South Africans stuck in uh, other countries who want to be repatriated? Uh, 
it would have to be the decision of the government on people who, who on, on, on repatriating South Africans uh, who are stuck across the globe. But uh, what we are saying as the department is to appeal to South Africans uh, to observe the regulations that are put by the governments uh, of the countries they are in, because they are meant to assist uh, in terms of keeping the spread of uh, the virus. And uh, also, as I've already mentioned, that they uh, conduct uh, the, the, the mission uh, so that we are able to talk to them regularly, as we are the people that are communicating with the authorities in those countries, uh, so that uh, also in cases where we can assist further, uh, we will be able uh, to do so, including assisting if necessary with the visas that are expiring and so on. Uh, we are hoping if we are working together, and I must applaud uh, James in this regard in terms of putting the group together, because in some other parts of the world, we do not have such uh, where they are a group of people that we are able to just communicate with them easily. Uh, so we, we comment, we, we're really uh, applauding for doing that and helping government. And we are appealing uh, to all South Africans, uh, wherever they are in the world, uh, to just make sure that they come together and be a group that will uh, be able to communicate us so that we are able to get to know who and where they are. Lunga, just on a point of clarity, what's the difference between uh, James and this group stuck in Morocco compared to uh, people who were stuck in Wuhan City or could be anywhere else in the world? What are the different considerations that the government would apply in coming to a decision to repatriate or not? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think, uh, Sakina, I will be in a position to, 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 to specify the difference, except to mention that uh, with the group of uh, South Africans that uh, we successfully brought back uh, from China, mainly they were the students uh, that were sent by the government uh, to those um, to study uh, up in China, as well as uh, their situation has been, uh, they have been under the quarantine for almost now three months. And uh, so in negotiating with the Chinese uh, 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 um, uh, government, we're able to agree that we bring them back. So it's what we are doing with all other um, authorities in terms of looking at the possibilities. Uh, that information gets fed back to South Africa, and in, uh, with that information, we are able to take a decision. So far, we are still uh, looking at the possibilities. If then it becomes necessary that uh, government um, evacuates uh, people wherever in the country, that decision will be taken. But uh, it's something that we are looking at all the possibilities. Well, thanks. We're going to have to leave it there. In the interest of time, spokesperson of the Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, Lunga Ngelele, uh, talking to us about the group of South Africans stranded in Morocco and also others affected across the world after uh, Morocco specifically banned all international flights to and from that country amid the global outbreak of COVID-19.